With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Common Take It Podcast. Once again, this is your boy Christian. And uh, today, um, given the circumstances we are living in this world, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different, a little bit uh, special. I guess special, but uh, I'm going to be in the next couple weeks, if time is on my side, I am going to be reliving uh, the three championships the Houston Dynamo has, uh, I guess one under their shield. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and just properly introduce myself, uh, give all my social media, and then we get going into what's going on in a better way. So, once again, boy Christian, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Chris Putalias, C-R-I-S-P-U-T-A-L-L-A-Z. Also, you can find me on Instagram under Christian Putalias, which is C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-P-U-T-A-L-L-A-Z, which is my full name. Um, also, you can hit me up or not hit me up, but find me uh, with the guys in Dynamo Theory. I'm gonna. I'm writing, you know, between quotes, uh, some articles for those guys with those guys, and also I am going to, um, in the near future, maybe this episode, uh, I'm going to be part of their uh, podcast network. So you know, if everything goes well and everything happens, this probably will be the first episode. If not, then in the near future, hopefully things go well this will be part of that as well so big shout out to them thank you for letting me part of be part of this and hopefully we can make uh you know the dynamo as a team dynamo as a culture in houston as a soccer city become great uh as it should be so going back to greatness going back to this whole uh you know being great soccer city i wanted to go back into the great moments of this soccer city, which are the 2006-2007 MLS Cups um, and also the 2019 uh, U.S. Open Cup. So, like I said, like I mentioned before, I am going to be re-watching those. Actually, I've never seen the... Well, actually, I just watched the 2006 uh, MLS Final, but I've never seen the 2007. So, I'm going to go back, re-watch those games. Uh, I was actually... Me and my wife went to the 2018 U.S. Open Cup, we were there for that, uh, but I'm going to go back, relive the moment, and uh, break it down as I usually do um, in my own way and perspective, but since, you know, a lot of people are not going to be, um, or they've seen those games and they don't want a real breakdown, I'm just going to break down stuff that was going on at that time, stuff that caught my eye because, you know, some of these games happened, you know, more than 10 years ago. Um, 15, no, 14, I guess it would be 2006 to 2020. So 16 years ago and start and 
16 and, no 14 and 13 years ago and then obviously the most recent US US uh, US Open Cup back in 2018 um, so 2006 a lot of stuff was going on um, this episode like I said I'm going to be a lot of a lot of computer digging a lot of stuff that's gonna be uh, to be done at the moment um, I'm not gonna put a lot of uh, you know work into it that sounds pretty bad but I just wanted to be kind of rawish, you know, like raw emotions and, and the whole thing. Um, but yeah, 2006, 2006, I was still, I was a, uh, November 2006, I was a sophomore in high school. And to be completely honest, I had no idea, possibly that, yeah, most likely I had no idea that the Houston Dynamo was actually in Houston. Um, I wasn't a fan of the MLS at that point in time. I was very dedicated to my Boca Juniors. Um, Boca Juniors, let's say correctly. Uh, very dedicated to that team. Uh, that was part of the 2000s were part of the golden era of Boca. So I was fully, you know, embedded in, into that. So I, was, I wasn't paying attention to, you know, to a beginning MLS where a lot of people were still, you know, Putting it down as a league, putting it down as as a soccer, um, you know, world league and stuff like that. So it wasn't as recognized. Not even here in Houston, where we had a, the championship team, um, it wasn't being as recognized as I wanted to be in the soccer community, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but um, but one of the things that I remember 2000, 2006, sophomore in high school, um, I had long hair. Um, that's number one. I had long hair almost like mid back. Um, I was trying out for my, uh, high school team, uh, which I actually made it to the varsity team. Um, you know, just saying. Um, so first time I actually didn't try out my freshman year because, um, I was transferring from another high school to the high school where I graduated from. So I went to... <clears throat> I lived in Southwest Houston, so I went to uh, Paul Revere Middle School. Shout outs to those guys, and um, and then I went to Westside High School for like two three months, and then from Westside High School, my family moved to to Katy, Texas, where I had where I attended um, Taylor High School, Katy Taylor High School, but they call it because there's two Taylors at the time, or there is, there's the Ailey Taylor and Katy Taylor. So I graduated from uh, Katy Taylor. I played three years there, varsity, uh, sophomore year, junior year, obviously senior year, um, and I knew, the only thing about the the only thing I knew about the Houston Dynamo was that one of the guys that I played with was in the academy, and um, and he was really good. So I'm he actually played in college. Uh, can't remember where. Uh, I just remember his name was uh, Josh Dow. Uh, he really good, really good midfielder. Um, I wish he actually, I wish he would have pursued it a little bit more. I think he ended up doing other things. I don't know what happened. I didn't keep up with him. But he was a really good player. And all I knew about the Houston Dynamo was that they had an academy. And actually, my senior year, I was going to try out for the academy. But, which is one of the things that I wanted to talk about too, was that for you, for you in order to try out, you had to pay like, I can't remember, but I it was like 150 or like 200 bucks and i remember at the time you know it wasn't my family wasn't in the best economical shape 
so you know they didn't have two hundred dollars for me or hundred fifty dollars for me to go try out for the Dynamo Academy and then given the circumstances if you were able if I was able to make it into the academy that meant that I would have have to like um travel to like you know the practices which most likely were in Pearland uh the Houston Sports Park or whatever or wherever the Houston Dynamo was practicing at the time so that would have been a whole trip for my family to for me to go over there I mean even though that was like the dream for me, uh, I always I've been wanting to be a, a professional soccer player since I was like four, since I started playing soccer. Um, it you know, a lot of circumstances in life weren't weren't gonna make that happen, but you know that's my story. Um, <clears throat> and also, two thousand six, a great year for soccer cleats. So watching this game, it brought me so many memories of like probably. You know, a handful of the greatest soccer cleats ever, you know, created. Honestly, I haven't kept kept up with all these, you know, fancy, colorful soccer cleats lately because I'm a pretty traditional guy. I usually tend to go with the, you know, black Nikes um, with the tempos. I'm just that type of guy. I mean, being a, def I, I'm the type of person that, uh, in my head, for some reason, uh, numbers on the back of your jersey have to match the position you play in the field and also cleats that you have in your feet have to match the position you play in the field um i just for some reason in my mind if you had like you know cristiano ronaldo shoes or like uh you know uh ronaldo like actual you know first ronaldo you know the yellow soccer cleats that uh, dempsey was using in this final uh, those were strictly in my head for forwards and for kids that were really really fast and those are the kids that wore it um, also for example I saw somebody wearing the F50 Adidas I don't know if you guys remember those were like the first ones that uh, Messi would wear in the beginning of times whenever you know before he was Messi Messi uh, well I guess he it was like not really it was like the first Messi like collaboration that he had with Adidas um, and it was the one that had like the weird tongue that covered all the shoe, all the laces. Um, I didn't like those, but I knew those were in my head for also for fast forwards or wingers. Um, and then another one that I saw that I actually had a pair. Um, well, I actually had these two next ones, but I had them in different colorways. So probably, um, one I, I don't know there's weird because they're both were like really really like two of my favorite cleats these are it so number one are the R10 the Ronaldinho ones the Nike ones that they were like the Tiempo ones but you know they were Ronaldinho's um, <clears throat> and actually um, Brad Davis was using the golden ones that everybody was using and obviously I'm not I wasn't I was flashy in a way but I wasn't flashy enough to wear the gold boots, you know? So I would leave those to, like, the number 10 kids that with, with all the skills. You know, I played, uh, like, center back or, like, sweeper, depending on the, you know, on the formation we were playing. Um, so, you know, I had to play with, the with like, the rough black, you know. In my head, we're, like, the rough, you know, I'm going to hit you in the back of your head if I can, cleats type deal. 
Um, but I had the R10s and I actually have some tiempos right now that I have been in my closet for like a year that I haven't worn. So if you are playing in actual grass out there and you need a player, hit me up. I got my cleats ready to go. So just let me know. And then also one of my favorite shoes, favorite cleats of all times, of all, of all times, were the Beckham, Beckham, Beckham. Beckham Predators. Um, <clears throat> you remember the ones that had the, the like the weird tongue that kind of stuck out, and they had the little um, elastic that you would put under the shoe to keep it. And I had the baby blue ones, so obviously those were in my head for like really skillful players that played, you know, Beckham's positions like wingers or like midfields. And uh, in my club team, I kind of played uh, uh, a mixture of like defensive mid and so i started i played for texas premier i don't know if you guys remember that back in the 2000s so that was the club that i played with and i started off as a number 10 um for the team and then i kept kind of going back so i started as a number 10 defensive mid and then i ended up playing sweeper you know and as as i grew you know age uh, i kept going back but those were so the Beckhams. A funny story were like the 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 first time my parents dropped a lot of cash on shoes, um, and I was super excited because we went to uh, I believe it was Soccer for All here in Katy, and you know we went into the stores. You know we were the typical go to Academy family and buy like the cheap the cheap cleats, uh, you know for like forty fifty bucks or whatever, you know because. The player is not made by the cleats, but it's, you know, it's made by what you do in the field. Um, but I, I remember it was the first time I, my dad and my mom actually took me to, because I believe it was my, I want to say it was my sophomore year or my junior year, but I, I, I think it was my sophomore year because I had just made varsity, and obviously that was like a big thing for me and for my family or whatever. So, you know, they were like, you know, I guess we can spend some cash since you made it to the team or whatever. Um, so they took me to Soccer for All, and the cleats came, like, obviously in the box. And they came in a little bag, in a little, like, Predator bag, or, like, cleat bag. And then it came with two pairs of insoles. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what are, what are these? And it was two different ones. One of them... Uh, had little weights on them um, and it was funny enough because like you would use those for practices so like the ones with the weights you would you know put them in the shoe and then on the bottom of the shoe I had a little clear part where the like when you put the insole in the shoe um, it had a little hole kind of like a clear patch on the bottom that you can actually see the weight on the thing and then obviously for games you would take the soles out and then you would put the, the soles without weight on them so the whole point of that was that, you know, you would fem or make your foot get stronger. You know, you're putting weights on it. It would, it would make your feet get stronger, your foot get stronger, your kick stronger. And then whenever you would go to the game, you know, you would have a lighter foot, a lighter shoe that would make you, you know, kick, you know, farther, harder, better, better touch. Um, so the Beckhams, the Predators were like my favorite ones. Um, I saw a couple of players playing with the with the maroon ones so those were like really good memories that you know took me back to my teenage years where i was i was wrecking on them boys how i like to say um also another thing that was very very interesting was obviously the format of the mls mls nowadays as we know 
well, not now because we're not playing much, but, you know, 30 teams, uh, like, I guess, you know, divided in half, like 15, 15 each conference. But back in the day, there was only 12 teams, 12 teams back in 2016, 2000, 2006, sorry, um, six on the east, six on the west. Teams would play four times against conference uh, rivals or, like, teams in your own conference and then they would play twice against uh you know the opposite conference um, a lot i mean i mean i guess you needed to play a lot, a lot of games to like stretch out the the season because there was only 12 teams and literally out of the six on each conference four would four of those would go into the to the playoffs obviously with having less teams the playoffs were a lot quicker so also they had a weird format, and actually I thought about watching uh, all the playoff games, but you know it would it would have been a lot of time. Um, shoot, th- this this final was long as crap because you know zero zero and then overtime and then penalties. You know that's a good like two hours that I sat down to watch that one. Um, but yeah, the format was um, the first playoff game, which is like the uh, conference semifinal. It was two games. One away, one at home, and we we played uh, Chivas USA when Chivas USA was a team back in the day. Um, went over there, we lost two one. Um, we missed a free kick, not a free kick, sorry, a penalty, and um, like towards the end of the game, DeWinder Rosario missed a penalty. I think uh, minute eighty six, if I recall. Um, then we came back to Houston, and then we beat them two zero, which put us in the global score of 3-2 so we were able to move forward and we faced Colorado so after facing Colorado if I'm not mistaken we beat so it was a one game a one game ordeal um and we hold on let me look this up because I've been looking at this all day um so we played well, I don't want to keep, you know, keep y'all waiting for too long. 3-1. 3-1 a conference final. A conference final uh, rival, which was uh, Colorado Rapids. 3-1. We played at home. And then we were ready to go and move, or not move, but take the a trip up to Frisco, Texas, funny enough. That's where the where Dallas FC plays, um, but it's funny because I was watching the the game, um, and the the commentator would often say, you know, we're up here in Frisco, Texas, Frisco, Texas, which is pretty funny because you know, as we know as Houston Dynamo fans, you know, our rivals are in state in state rivals other than. The the you know newcomer Austin FC is gonna be you know it's Frisco FC, um, but yeah we went up there. Uh, I actually read that uh, the legend um, Mattress Mac uh, you know got got people together, made a caravan, and um, rode up four hours with a whole bunch of people. I was watching a video or well, not videos but you know. They were showing all the all the amount of people that you know they that went to the MLS to the final. Um, there was a huge number of Houston Dynamo fans and like great number, uh, you know, with the 
it's cool to see you know the el batallon flag and texas texan army flag and you know it was cool to see that you know those guys have been from the beginning because you know sometimes you see them now 2020 14 years later and you see the same exact flags that were being flown over there in frisco texas being flown here in houston you know you know almost 20 let's just say 15 years later so you see that the commitment of these supporter groups you know giving in their all being there for the good times and the bad times as you know we've been lately but you know we're still going strong so shout out to to the supporter groups um that were there you know the og supporter groups that were there from the beginning uh to and texan army you know shout outs to you guys um so another thing let's see what else um was happening in 2006 um, to the, let's go ahead and let's go let's Google 2006. So 2006 was also a, a World Cup year. Um, World Cup year, it was and let's see, let's look it up. I think it was what Germany, 2006. That's the one. Yeah, Tur- Germany 2006. That's the one that Italy won. Um, they beat France. That's the, where the the famous uh. Sinadin Sidan uh, butthead to uh, Materassi, I believe, from Italy in the in the right in the chest. Um, it was a really good game. Uh, Fran- I mean, France should have won it. Well, I mean, I guess not would have won it. I think everybody wanted just Sidan to win it, you know, just because of the beast of a player he was. Uh, but I remember, was that Germany 2006? I was what, like... 14 I was a pretty I was a pretty young kid um, in high school so I was yeah I was like 14 years old um, but it was crazy a crazy woke up uh, Italy I, I just remember that because one of the players that played in Italy Camoranesi was actually Argentinian or he was born in Argentina but he played for uh, for uh, for Italy in the World Cup and I remember that he had prom- he had long hair and I guess he made a promise to somebody that, you know, if they would have won, he was going to cut his hair. So as soon as the game ended, they pulled up a chair in the middle of the field and then chopped his head off. Or not his head off, his hair off, sorry. And just two different things. Um, it was a terrible year for Argentina, um, to say the least. Argentina had a really, really, uh, really, really bad World Cups when it came to 2002 and 2006. Um, 2010 was all right. It was out in Brazil, right? 2010 or 2014? No, 2010 was in South Africa, right? And 2014 was in uh, Brazil. That I think we all know what happened in 2000. Um, okay. So let's do a breakdown of the game, uh, real quick. I think we're already uh. Deep in there. Yeah, 22 minutes. I wanted to keep it at 30. So let's do a quick breakdown of the game. Um, if you haven't watched it, you know, uh, Houston Dynamo came out, attacked like the first 10, 15 minutes. Just bam, bam, bam. We actually hit the post once in those 20 minutes. Um, then the revolution came back and they started attacking. Bam, bam, bang. And uh, they attacked so much that actually our coach Kinnear at the time uh, switched the formation from a 4-4-2 to a 3-5-1 three, 
1-1, I guess, you know, because, you know, Dwayne and De Rosario, I mean, Dwayne De Rosario and um, Ching were playing, you know, one or one in front of the other. Ching was always playing on on, on top of uh, Dwayne De Rosario. Um, let me go look at the formation. I wanted uh We had really good players, like, you know, I didn't know about you know, the Houston Dynamo in the beginning, you know, San Jose Earthquakes transferred or, or came over here, relocation. But, you know, we started with Onstad Uncle, Beast, 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 uh, Wavel, Wavel on the right, right, uh, Cochran, um, center back, Robinson, shout out to Eddie Robinson, still doing uh, some Houston Dynamo stuff here in the city. Uh, well, if you watch the games on the cube and and you know the the local um also if you follow Glenn Davis he's always there sometimes uh so Eddie Robinson a beast back there too uh Barrett on the left and then we uh unfortunately because of accumulations of cards the legend um oh my god forget his name um Jesus Christ why am I forgetting his name Clark Clark, <laughs> terrible, terrible Houston Dynamo fan. Clark, um, I forgot his name. Jesus Christ. Clark, because uh, of accumulations of cards, wasn't able to play because of the, you know, if you get a, a certain amount of yellow cards, you have to, they act like as a red card. So, uh, Sirix, 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 S-E-R-I-O-U-X, it's a French Canadian guy. Um, Played really well. He came back. He actually was, uh, well, other than Ching, he was my, the man of the match for me because he locked it down when it came to playing in the middle. Uh, Mulan, number nine, great player on the right wing. Uh, Davis, obviously, legend on the left. He was really good back in the day. I mean, he was really good till the end. Um, but, you know, he was good. And then you had De Rosario uh, as number 10. And then you had up top Ching and, and Douglas. Um, really good team, really like really really good team to be honest. Uh, the way that they played, even though uh, towards like the beginning of the, of the first half they kind of died down a little bit. Um, the the back that was really really strong, you know, starting from Sirix to uh, Robinson, Cochran, Wavell, Barrett, uh, really good back there. Uh, Mullen and Davis were really good on the wings, going back and forth. Uh, David Mullen, very surprising, very quick guy. Uh, he was killing the right side. And then, obviously, Davis, we know the caliber of player that he was. Um, funny thing is that I'm watching here that Wondolowski, the great Wondolowski, was actually uh, was in the bench for us at that time. I didn't know. Obviously, I, don't, I didn't know much about this Houston demo. So, a lot of things are, like, surprising me. And then Stuart Holden, the... The great Stuart Holden, who is a you know TV analyst for Fox Sports, I believe, um, and now he's part owner of a uh, of Mallorca in La Liga. Uh, he also played for us, and actually he went in in the second half and uh, had a pretty good game. Um, let's see what else do we have here, and then Alejandro Moreno also went in. He also did a pretty good job, but uh, so yeah. 0-0 the whole game. Uh, second half was a little bit more balanced, you know, here and there, coming back, here and there, here and there. Uh, pretty good. And then uh, extra time, 
it was so funny because you know obviously I knew the score by by then, but it was funny to see whenever the new um, the new England Revolution scored um, that do that scored Taylor Twelman. Um, he scored from one side of the goal, like on one goal, and then he ran all the way to the other side to celebrate with his fans, right? And he like rode, you know, he he ran across the the whole field, and then you know they were showing the celebration, da da da, you know, you know, oh, you know, Taylor Twelman, you know, twelve goals, da da da, you know, this and that. I actually have a screenshot on my phone that I'll be posting, you know, between tomorrow and Monday. And then literally, when they go back to the game, you see um, who was the let me see who who gave the the pass, the assist. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, da, 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 na, na, na. Who gave the assist? Come on, give me the assist. Oh man! All right, well I can't see. I can't. I can't. Brian Mullen, yeah, he had a great game on the right. He grabbed the ball literally from, like, they, you know, came out from midfield, gave it to Mullen. Mullen ran down the, the right the right flank, uh, crossed it to Chin, and Chin, bam, you know, header into the second post of the goalie. Literally 71 seconds after they scored the game that they thought that was going to kill the game. Because um, it was like five minutes till the end of the game, we came back a minute later, a minute and eleven seconds later, uh, and most of that minute was because of the celebration. So it could have been even less. And we came back, scored it, came back, tied the game, went to penalties. Um, penalties, as we all know, they can be a little nerve wracking. Um, so we went first. Gray scored. Joseph, really good player for them, scored. Holden went and scored. Uh, Reese, the goalie, dude, their goalie, beast, taking penalties. Cold-blooded, as in mother trucker, put that top 90, badass goalie. 2-2, then their Rosario win, 3-2, and then their their defend, I think it was, nah, some, I don't know if he's a defender or not, but Noonan went in, uh, hit the 32 high, so that's 3-2, wait, not 3-2. There you go, camera. Sorry, I have a camera. Uh, Davis won to kill it. Uh, goalie saved it. S- terrible penalty. Terrible penalty by Davis. Terrible penalty. Like, his whole body movement was like, hey, I'm going to kick it this way. Like, from him standing to kick the ball to him kicking the ball, he told the goalie where he was going to kick it. And then Twelman win. He tied the game 3-3. Then Ching was our fifth and final kicker. He went, scored, and then Heaps went in, the defender, and he got stopped by Onstad. So we have two legends and two saviors, Ching and Onstad. Uh, Onstad, you know, giving his age at that time, I think he was like, what, 41? Nah, I'm tripping. He wasn't 41. But he was older. He was an older in soccer terms. Um, but he had a heck of a game, heck of a save in the first half. Uh, first half, second half, first half. Um, and then Ching, obviously, heck of a goal also. So um, that those were my uh, my things. Let me go ahead and give you a quick rating for each player, just because. Because why not? Onstead, 9. 
Wavell, 8. I didn't see him that much. Cochran, 8. Robinson, 8. Bar Barrett, 8. Sirix, 9. Mulan, 9. Davis, 8. Derosario, 7.5, 8. Daglish, 8. He fought so much for those balls, even though they took it. He was the first one to come out. Douglish was, you know, there were, the announcers were saying that to him it was like the game of his life. Uh, and then Ching, of course. You didn't see him, him at all in the whole game. I think he only had one chance in the whole, like the actual game. And then obviously he came back and scored the last, you know, the tying goal and the last penalty for us. So he also gets a 9.5 just because he's, he basically gave Houston his first championship when it came to soccer. Um, yeah, so other than that, I have nothing else. 2006, it was a great year in Houston, Texas. Um, and I wonder what 2007 has in store for us. So uh, keep, that's funny, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, she's laughing because that was a funny transition, I guess. <laughs> that's good. You want to say it again? I'll bring it back. So 2000. Years ago. <laughs> yeah. So 2006 is a good year. I wonder what 2007 has in store for us. So yeah, uh, I'm. A, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to have it next week because I'm having a baby. Uh, well, not me. My wife is. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna be occupied. But the good thing is that I'm actually since this whole quarantine stuff happened and coronavirus thing happened. Um, actually, I haven't had any days off or anything because both of my jobs are essentials. Um, so, you know, I've been working regular schedules and, you know, like, for example, this week I'm working almost 80 hours, um, 76 to be exact. Um, so, like, you know, it's kind of hard for me to find time to actually watch a two-hour game, uh, try to put this together and then, you know, all this stuff uh, to have it in time. And also on top of that, I'm having a kid. Uh, and I have two already, so you know, uh, so it's kind of tough uh, to find time, and and I and I have to take naps, so so we gotta add nap time into that. Uh, but yeah, so I'll try to have a 2007 highlight thing. Uh, hopefully, I have a little bit more information. The, obviously, the most exciting part for me, other than the championship, was the cleats. So I'll try to have another story. Hopefully, 2007 was a better year. Which was because we got our second championship back to back, um, and then we'll do a more current one with the 2019 U.S. Open Cup, and hopefully next year I'll be doing a 2020 Cup if we play something. Because to be honest, nowadays we we're not even playing tic tac toe. So um, it is what it is. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for following. Um, I'm working a whole bunch of stuff. You know. Uh, Mentally, I have a bunch of ideas that I want to do with this podcast and with other podcasts that I will be starting. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully in the near future, you'll have uh, this sign right here. It'll be a, a, a personal uh, thing that I've been wanting to do for years. Um, so I'll be working on that. And then I have another idea that I've been brewing uh, which you know has a bunch of other stuff that comes into into play where I'm gonna need you know I'm, I have a camera but I'm gonna need you know 
somebody to manage the camera. It's going to require some traveling in town. It's going to require me, uh, you know, meeting people and, and producing a little bit more things. But, you know, hopefully in the near future. So if you are, if you want to do, you know, hang out and, you know, obviously not now because Corona, but uh, if you want to hang out and, you know, after all this and, and you want to, you know, spit some ideas and, and see what we can do. I have a bunch of ideas, um, and if you're tech savvy, hit me up. I need help. Um, but other than that, thank you very much, Christian Putalias on everything on and everywhere. So hit me up. Let me know what you think, and hopefully this video will be up on YouTube as well. So uh, thank you guys. See you guys later. Remember, hold it down for H Town, Forever Orange. See you guys. Peace and deuces.